What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Antihero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Antihero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. You know, this is all the same night. This is all at dinner. They all get some drinks in them. They go stop at the gas station. Then about like three hours later, you get a FaceTime. They're all in the bed together. All all three. Yeah. The flight, the old lady flight attendants. The old lady flight attendants. And him. And him. Was that the mom of the daughter? Uh, yeah. Oh, so mom is swooped in and took that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't shoot my nose here, but I don't care. It's not 4K. It's only 1080p. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, everything's recording. I don't know why Mike's standing up right now. <laughs> so when you, when you, these mics kind of suck. So when you, they're not like the cool, like $500 condenser mics where you can talk like this and it picks up. No. Kind of got to talk like into it. No, I've seen Riley Reed do this. <laughs> Intro. <laughs> it's really girthy and black. <laughs> I already can make a million on this thing. Uh, all right, we're good. All right. So, so anybody that doesn't know, which nobody knows, that me and you went to college together. But I went, well, we went to Embry-Riddle in Daytona Beach, but I went for Homeland Security because Embry-Riddle is a flight school. And so it was like me and like... Like two hundred veterans <laughs> taking the easiest core, the easiest program they had, and then the rest were all uh, pilots getting their piloting college in. Yeah, and Mike's the pilot. Mike the pilot. That's what I'm gonna call you. Mike the pilot. I like yeah, that. One. Yeah. Typically, no one knows more than one pilot in their life. So yeah, we uh, the degree's called aeronautical science, and it's a kind of blanket degree to say like you just did a bunch of classes. But really, it's almost like the football team, you know, like we don't really care what you study right now. We just need you to go fly the airplane. Yeah. So all the classes kind of taught you. You can minor in theater if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, all the airlines really just require four year degrees. So you go get some people go get management degrees because we ha- also have um, medicals that you have to do. And they're pretty strict once you get above a certain age. Like right now I could. Have a beer and a ma- nos and a breadstick. You're having and, beer and a nos, yeah, <laughs> at the same time. It's Friday, man. That's like that's the cockpit <laughs> in a plane. You just yeah. didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. They even each other out. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you could just a lot of people do management. That way, they can go run like uh, jobs on the side because we don't typically once you get senior enough, you don't work a lot. You don't make enough so, money. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need a way to clean their taxes. How much basically. money do you make? Like the <laughs> after their like third divorce and stuff, that's when the business really starts yeah. kicking in for the supplemental income. Yeah, because you're flying to all these places and staying very faithful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. No, it's pretty funny. Uh, the story about the Nosses here, uh, it's actually uh, something that you don't know, but it's its from you. Oh, really? Yeah. So we have yearly uh, 
like check rides, they're test, right? It's almost like like shooting qual and stuff like yeah. that. You gotta pass. It's a, it's a this. big deal to not pass. Huge, that. dude. You have full grown men, like fifty year olds, sitting in the room before this. I'm nervous, man. You nervous? Like, no, I wasn't nervous before you got nervous, kind of thing. Oh, nervous. So, so I mean, it, it's a big deal. I mean, it takes. Usually, I start about a month before studying and stuff. So it's a big deal, and that's the only thing that I'm really superstitious about. Is like I keep the same routine. <laughs> you know, if I <laughs> if I pictured me coming on anyway, it would be it would be about this. <laughs> What's funny? It's a sentimental moment, and we're just, just, just. I was like, "Why is the fucking floor is like that?" But it closed the pantry too hard, and the kitchen and knocks the thing off the wall. All right, we're good to go. All right, so yeah, you got full grown men nervous about this thing, and I usually start studying for these things about a month. Like it's your job, you know. It's your yeah, your way to feed your toxic lifestyle. So you need to pass it. One day in college. You were hungover out of your mind, and um, you just nonchalantly cracked open one of these things. You just cracked it open. You took a sip, and you looked over, and you went, it's going to be a nice day, and walked off. That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> That's a new shirt. It's going to be a nice day. But it stuck with me. I would be at gas station. I'd be like, it's going to be a nice day. And I'll be like, you know, I'm going to get a NOS. Yeah, so dude. I started drinking one of them before every ride that I had Yeah, from college. And I can't stop it now. I would take them anytime. Uh, they're, they're not just like, I don't think they're really caffeine-based or stimulants. They're focused. Whatever is in them is for hyper-focus. So like I would take them when I had to write a paper, right? I would, oh, I, yeah. I would naturally wait until the last two days to write a paper that was 10 pages long. <laughs> So I would crack a NOS and you'll just sit there and type for hours. Right? Pound, and yeah. then like test days, I would drink one before the test. And it's just like. Just pound, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, seriously, from college, I like, I mean, when I take these things all over right now, I was out in Vegas. Sometimes I'll do them out here in Orlando and stuff. So I have to go to a gas station sometimes like, like all the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the I thing. <laughs> <laughs> you like you can't just go to any of them to find a NOS. Yeah. Like you have to go to some shady ass gas stations to find. And here I am on foot in like business casual clothes. Like hi, I'm here for a NOS. Just because you said it's a NOS day like ten years ago, and now it's stuck and it's my superstition. Sorry. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all gonna be really funny when I get like shot going into one of these gas stations. I'm like, ah, it's a NOS day though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know which gas stations sell NOS. Like, yeah, I have to figure out like which ones actually sell NOS. Yeah, they had sugar free out on the West Coast for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, different type of jitters that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today, I I went and picked up my prescription. That's always ten bucks. It's always ten bucks. But my doctor, I guess, redid it and added another medicine to it. And. uh and I went to pay, and I just did my normal thing. I paid, and then I found out after I paid, it was sixty-five bucks more. Oh. Well, they had a, I added another 
they added another medicine to it. So I went back like an hour later. I was like, to be honest with you, this is a mistake. I don't need this medicine. And they were like, and I was like, can I get my money back? My $65 copay. And they were like, oh, it's, it's federal law. We can't, we can't, you know, take that medicine back. I was like, I don't give a shit about your medicine. You can throw it in the trash can or I'll take it. But I was like, I want my money back. And they, they said, they, they said it in the nicest, most, most condescending way possible that there was no way I could get my money back. And I have never, have, have you ever gotten so mad that you wanted to like squeeze someone's <laughs> with your hands and just watch them? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm in the middle of Publix. And so then I go Your find a manager. Shopping is not a pleasure right now. <laughs> then I go, I go, hey, can I get a manager? I was that guy. I've, I've yeah. never asked that question in my life. And I said, hey, I don't know if you can help me, but, you know, I spend anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 a month in this store oh, yeah. on groceries. And I explained it to her. She goes, yeah, yeah, they can't exchange. You know, it's federal law. I understand that. I was wondering if Publix can give me $65 yeah. back. And she said, nope. <laughs> Like, I'm so bad. So, my next errand, I walked out fucking fuming, dude. I was so, like, like unnecessarily angry at this, you know? And I go and I pull into the post office. I don't know if you know how post office works. There's one way in and it's a big circle. It's one lane. <laughs> and, of course, I pull in the post office. I grab my gun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I go to the post office. And the dude in front of me stops. And he does that fucking thing Today's where people <laughs> people stop and they wait for someone to back out oh, so he yeah. stopped and i'm sitting there and i took all of my aggression and just like audio assaulted this dude <laughs> fucking with a 10 second horn and ended up being a little old man <laughs> he moved they probably couldn't hear so you're good <laughs> you're good but yeah man i was fucking pissed that felt so good yeah <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So, have you seen the new... My voice is cracked, but I was just going to say it before someone called it out. <laughs> we went, went through puberty today. <laughs> have you seen the uh, the Netflix Malaysia thing? You know what? I, I didn't watch... I, I didn't watch it. I know all about it. The only reason why I didn't watch it is... You, you don't I, have fucking four hours to spare. <laughs> no, I tend to like not watch the stuff because it's like... It's dramatized, you know, like seconds from disaster uh, and like air disasters and stuff like that. Man, I, I. Well, that's what Kendra said. She was like, this is a four hour thing that could be 30 minutes. They're just, yeah. they're keeping they're, you. They're, in. they're dramatizing yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, I'm not going to lie. It pisses me off. Like, like those air disasters, they will, I mean, they dramatize everything. So they will show like a clip because what they do is they get the cockpit voice recorder. So. Everything is recorded up there. Jesus Christ. If my flights came out publicized, I don't think I would have a mother anymore. Well, they would, would they me. only publicize them if they had an incident? To There's, yeah. So they you can just o- hope you die in the crash. Yeah. Oh, no, no. There, <laughs> there is no other doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the things. Like, there's times where you get along with someone and you look at each other and you're like, Damn, we better be perfect from this point forward because, brother, if this gets out, man, there's no way I'm living this down. But, yeah, they'll take those things and they, uh, the the NTSB, the Transportation Safety Board, the people who actually look that up, they tear open your life. I mean, they look at everything from that flight all the way prior to. So there was like a UPS crash. In your life? In your life. Oh, oh yeah. Like Phone records, text messages. 
I mean, everything. Is uh, it a fed, do they get like fed, like warrants for it? Is it a law enforcement entity that does it? Uh, no. Well, I guess they're federal, so they get all the documents they need and they crack that stuff wide open. And uh, there's a UPS crash. Um, so a cargo company, just two pilots. I mean, they ripped open everything, like phone logs on what time they were on the phone at and if there was fatigue involved. And when they look at it from every single, because when you think about it, you know, like in the medical field, the death is understood. Like we're not going to walk out on a hundred for a hundred on like people are going to be surviving. So death is accepted because somebody could be dead coming in or something like that. Wait, in what field is this? The medical field. Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about the airline industry. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't know those stats. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some dead guys on there. We're like, well, we already lost Not you. Not every plane can land safely. Okay? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It all depends. Sometimes <laughs> we're gonna the, lose some. the breadstick in the NOS might catch up with me on land. But yeah, the medical field, uh, you know, it's got that level of like, okay, we accept, you know, we don't want it, but it's inherent that it's going to happen. We're zero percent. We we are strive for one hundred percent success rate when we go fly. Yeah. So for us, pretty imperative. Yeah. <laughs> when they go up and something happens and it is not a hundred percent, and we've messed up that hundred percent success rate, they start digging into it deep. So, so even if nothing happens, but something something did happen, but everything was okay. Yeah, it would have to be. Um, it would have to. It you you would have to have an invest, investigation opened up. So, so if something you know, quit working and it was, it, if something happened on your plane to where you had to land for safety. Yeah. Nothing happened. Everybody was okay. Would they open up an investigation? More than likely. No. As long as it was. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. As long, as long as you didn't do anything where you're like, why did you land here? Kind yeah, of situation. Okay. But, um, you know, for like any accident like that. Yeah. They, they opened it and man, they open it wide open. So there is. No, but you know what we always talk about when we're watching those shows like there's no way they did a five-day trip and that's what they taught they did not talk about the weather being nice in omaha for five days straight like they definitely probably trimmed out some stuff but nonetheless yeah those things those those shows you know they show the because it's all public record too that's another cool thing about it is after a accident like you could type in the NTSB report. And is this worldwide air, uh, airports and airlines, or is it just American? No, so it's just us. We will assi- like the NTSB will assist other countries, but they all have like a different form depending on where what's, it is. What's your theory on the Malaysian thing? Um, you know what? So there's where they were located at. You don't have good radar coverage. You don't have good radio coverage anymore. You go over into like high frequency radios and stuff like that. Now, on top of that, it's a whole nother world over there. Like we're so spoiled in flying from here to Iowa. I mean, it is so simple. It is like you could watch me on your phone and know exactly where I am. Over there, it's totally different. You're just flying so, over a black ocean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> you're you doing like position reward and stuff like that. And then it's the, I mean, an uncharted territory of an ocean down there with all those currents and stuff. It, it's if, very possible to not be able to find a site. No doubt. Yeah. Because especially with that type of airplane, if it went down, 
it's not going down and like Titanic breaking in half. That thing's just going into smithereens, yeah, basically. Like, so yeah, you know, I mean, the it it sucks because it's one of those things where for the families and everything, yeah, closure would be great. Those are one of those situations where it's like. That's harsh, cause yeah. more than likely that thing's that was not a good death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> well, thing do you is. You think people pass yeah. out when they drop oh, hard? No, yeah. Well, on top of that, you have no idea what's going on. You know, yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, this, this is good. <laughs> this is really weird, didn't we? Yeah. I did so quick. You know, like thirty seconds. When you think about thirty seconds sitting still, it feels like forever. But scared shitless, it feels like a second. Cause you were just like, wow, what the. So dead, but uh, you know they had a a plane get shot down. I heard right just after, after like six months after. I hope that's in the Netflix special. Too. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they right. talk because they they break down theories. One of them is Russian involvement with the first Ooh. the original one. Like they they got oh, on the like plane, that. then they went into some secret hatch, <laughs> and then took over the. You saw right? You see it? Like they took over control of the plane into the main computer base underneath, and then like. Yeah, underneath the floor, and then like, and then like, people were like, "You can't, you can't, like, you can't turn a plane plugging into the main like frame." If that, if that <laughs> happened, I'm confused at why Ukraine's taking so long. Then, yeah, because <laughs> they. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that flight probably just crashed, and they're just trying Something to make happen. a yeah. Netflix out of it? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's the unknown. It's the unknown. So everybody loves digging into the unknown. But yeah, unfortunately, as Netflixy as it is, it probably not that happened because, like I said, you know those those shows like that aircraft air disasters and seconds from disasters, they will take something so minute in the conversation. Like, man, my stomach kind of hurts from Chili's last night. Was he meeting a terrorist at Chili's? <laughs> Those things will, they will segue to this guy that's like 78 years old, retired, the thickest gray mustache you've ever seen. And it's like Pete, 70 year old captain kind of thing. And he will get on and talk. Well, yeah, you know, it's typical of an airline crew to eat at Chili's from four to five days a month, depending on their trips. And you're like, and that that had them crash into the ground <laughs> for chilies, like so. Yeah, they dig pretty, pretty deep to get those shows interesting. Because when you think about it, like it's a crash. <laughs> it's pretty hard to <laughs> just pull in interesting things, especially yeah. when it comes to like a topic that a lot of people don't know. Because I mean, I, if a ship crashed, like I don't know exactly what happened to the turbine in there to make it interesting. It's a lot so. slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going down. You have time to get on boats. That's not cool at all. <laughs> yeah. What? So, but an air and a fucking passenger plane. Actually, and we're not talking Cessnas or anything like that. Yeah, talking like a commercial aircraft going an airline that belongs to an airline is going from one airport to another. Statistically, they never crash. It's like a, no, no. It's you know when stuff happens. It's a big deal. And nine times out of 10, if you're diverting, because if you have a maintenance issue, I'll say nine times out of 10, it's a computer problem. And then on top of that, they're 20 year old airplanes, you know, for some, unless, I mean, hell, even new airplanes, it's like buying a new iPhone. And 
a week later, they already got a new iOS out there because they wow. found a glitch. Same thing with these airplanes is they'll find out there's a glitch on the new ones. That's what happened with those 737 Maxes. They found out they had a glitch in that. And then uh, with these old airplanes, yeah, it's a computer. So if it sits overnight and it's cold, it's equivalent to leaving your laptop out there and starting it up in the morning and you're like, I got to control, alt, delete it. A lot of the fixes are control, delete. Just to clear it, reset it, and then the computer's like, all right, I'm good to go. But uh, when that happens 37,000 feet and you're like five miles up in the air, you're not going, oh, I'll just control, delete it. You're like, let's get this thing down to the ground because the airline industry state safety is top of everything. Well, like what I was going to ask you, the whole point, well, not the whole point of this episode, but a, a big factor of this episode was security. And yeah. How, is TSA worthless? Is <laughs> everything a dog and pony show? Is everything knee-jerk reactions? And... I obviously we won't if you actually as a pilot know of a way that you could sabotage an aircraft and as a terrorist, probably probably won't put it on this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> but if there is ways that I actually you have know, a YouTube video on that. <laughs> <laughs> but like all that stuff, you know, like like security breaches and I just feel like if somebody really wanted to, TSA and screening is so like you know mm-hmm. they got the things that you step in. And it goes around you like, yeah, no, they've came a long way because, you know, you said knee jerk reaction. Well, that's what the TSA was knee jerk reaction based off of 9 11. It was, oh, it came after 9 11? It came after 9 11. Well, I shouldn't say it came after 9 11. Um, well, heck, no, I actually, we might want to fact check that. I'm pretty sure it did come. That's when it, the, the My feds took it over there. But, can you, um, hey, can you find out when the TSA started? Thanks. Yeah, I was in tight with the TSA agent once, so I know a little bit. <laughs> but but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was knee jerk reaction. Um, oh, like three months there later, knee jerk yep. reaction, knee jerk reaction, because it was, it was a show originally. It was a show of force. It was one layer that they had to get through. Because I mean, you were pre nine eleven. It was just a metal detector that you walked through, kind yeah, of thing. You just scanned your bag and and. Uh, I mean, to kind of segue off that real quick is it's interesting because pre 9-11, there's some pre 9-11 airports that were built like uh, Kansas City just got redone. So Kansas City was built for an airline, uh, it was TWA, and they got bought by American down the line. Their airport was designed, it was three balls basically, and it was designed where you pull in there. You get out, you walk straight through to your airplane, hop on the airplane and go. Because there was no TSA back then. Yeah. So then they build this, 9-11 comes in, and now they have to throw in security somewhere in these. And uh, it just doesn't really work out that well. So it was that. There was a TWA um, terminal up in New York in JFK. It was built like that where it was you get out of your car and you get into the airplane. Well, now the TSA came along, it just wrecked these airports. And it just became this like archaic thing. And all those airlines ended up either coming defunct. All their innovative things that they did just got wrecked really? by T, uh, by uh, 
and TSA getting formed in there. Not TSA's fault. 9-11's doing with that. <laughs> it's the terrorist's fault. We yeah, yeah. It was, you're just blame them on that. But <laughs> it, it's pretty interesting to go into those airports. Now they're since then. But, you know, they just got built during those times. So it's funny when you're walking around and like, this makes no sense. And then you find out why. And you're uh, like, oh, damn. Bad timing, guys. You know, I should have magic eight ball without that. Without the saying how to do it. Could you Ocean Eleven your way into if you knew what you knew, and then you put a disguise on? Could you walk into an airport and commit a terrorist act on a plane because of the things you know, or do you think it's that solid to where you couldn't even do yeah, it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I it, really it, don't want to admit. <laughs> to, you know, for <laughs> you need to. I feel like for me, you need to have their mind. I think it's the best way. So to it's put a it. my, is it, so they, it, yeah, it's the way they think because you know I don't like I don't know how to make stuff basically, um, <laughs> but if you if you had the mind of oh I can create a bomb out of this fluid this fluid this fluid and it's enough to cause a minor disruption, yeah, you could hundred percent get get control of the airplane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we've so we have a steel door now. That's something that wasn't. Oh, the cockpit does. Yeah, that wasn't something nine eleven wise. Uh, we have a lot of security levels in the airplane now. I mean, we got four flight attendants that will absolutely not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I will say, man, we are in the world, the day and age that depending on where you're flying, like I guarantee you any flight out of Florida, there's like eight to 10 guys that are sitting back there like, I, I hope somebody tries to take yeah. this bitch down. I'm going to kick his ass. Do you guys have? We actually have a uh, federal flight deck officer program where we could carry. And those guys, dude, they are itching for someone to crack that door open. You don't want one? Uh, I, it was... Guns scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in Alabama. I'm against guns. <laughs> uh, it, it's So for me, uh, a typical airline goes out on you know four or five day trips. For me, I only do a day trip. I oh, just go true. out and so back. And it's kind of it's a uh, pain. Um, it's extra time out of my day just to carry that gun mm. and by all means that would be awesome but it is i probably wouldn't even pull it out i mean the amount of work i would have to do to carry but if i was on a four or five day trip 100 percent, i'm not doing anything during that time anyway but yeah it, it gets difficult in that a lot of guys when we were uh, based in new york it's the only way you get a gun in new york is being badged so Everybody went and got it done just so they could carry. You're technically not allowed oh. to use it outside the only jurisdiction. That's yeah. yeah. So as a, you get to carry a gun now because of your job. You're, yeah. Because in New York, it's impossible to get a It's impossible, yep. You have to go like meet like like the people from the city Dude, and like yeah. do like an interview or some shit. But, and, and you know, a lot of our trips, uh, I mean, we'll get into all the like, how shitty the lifestyle is and stuff. But like you get done at a 1 a.m. in LaGuardia and you got a 15 minute walk in Queens at 1 a.m. You want something. (laughs) You want something for sure. But yeah, your only jurisdiction is that flight deck. 
But, you know, they say if I get held up at gunpoint, I'm not going to sit there with a gun in my bag and be like, Mom, okay, take everything. Yeah. So you just get in trouble later for using it, but yeah, yeah. If what happens, you're if alive. A, then. What happens if a gun goes through an airplane? Like if someone shoots and it goes and it misses and it goes through the in air. It, yeah, in air, it should be small enough that nothing's really gonna happen. Um, if you hit like a weak, like if it's an old airplane, you hit a weak point, you could blow out the side potentially. But that's pretty pretty. That's what like, happens when a side blows out. That's a bad day. Hopefully, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're wearing your seatbelt. Yeah, you'll depressurize. And uh, will de- it, you will the plane go down, or can you still salvage it? No, you'll salvage it. There's a uh, Hawaiian Aloha flight. Um, yeah, yeah. They um, they had a <laughs> explosive decompression, is what it's called. And that's exactly it. They exploded. They decompressed exploded ripped out the top the picture's insane it's like the cockpit nothing <laughs> just people sitting in a can <laughs> yeah legit <laughs> and uh yeah nothing and then the, the rest tail. of the airplane <laughs> and then one of our professors actually knew uh the first officer the lady that was on there and um she said it was so loud and as they were screaming back and forth the captain was like, I don't know what to run. Just run it. She was like, we don't have anything for this. Like, We're just landing. I'm like, I couldn't imagine. Like, because you don't know what's happened. You just see sky. Would you get sucked like, out if you weren't sitting? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, the, some people got sucked out on that. Oh, flight. really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was the Southwest flight. Oh, uh, oh these sti- from, statistical disasters that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Southwest had an engine failure. And uh, it was uncontained engine, so the parts went hit the side of the airplane, and the way the the pressurization is pressurizing out, when it it went off, it blew the side out and it sucked her out. And the story is that is that she was hanging out of the airplane, and people were like holding her by the ankles to pull her back in. And they just said, "You're too heavy, bitch." The air traffic control call from that was pretty cool. The, the, the flight or the uh, the pilot was just like, "Hey, uh, we need to return back. Apparently, we had someone uh, get sucked out of the airplane." And I'm like, <laughs> "Some nonchalant. We lost, yeah. we lost Judy. <laughs> yeah, we lost one, guys." Wait, so and I'm assuming she died. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that, the can you imagine just flying? The roof of your plane gets ripped off, and the people go. I <laughs> Yeah, especially that one, the one in Hawaii. I mean, that thing was insane that it was even structurally able to land. Still, I mean, it was missing a chunk of the airplane there. So, let's talk about. The Biden furlough, right? That was Biden. Oh yeah. Was it just the air industry that suffered from that? Um, what happened? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's a good question. Is if it was just the industry, air airline industry? I mean, it was. Uh, I, I mean, heck, did you guys feel it at all? Really? Like, was Locked it just out. normal? Yeah. I don't know. The world always gonna need cops. So you know. <laughs> I mean, the cruise industry, I guess any leisure, leisure yeah. activity suffered. 
I think was it because of COVID? Put it. Yeah. So all those lockdowns and everything like mm-hmm. that, it uh, it put a little bit damper on uh, the plans on traveling and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. So for all you for for since you don't know, Michael graduated college, got a great job as a pilot, very successful, fulfilling his dream. And then COVID happened, and he worked at Publix, the grocery store, at the produce <laughs> section. And then he moved up to Enterprise Rental Car. Enterprise Rental Car. <laughs> we'll pick you up. The most humble. I felt for this guy so bad. He's a, Michael's a very humble dude, and he put clean pools on the side. When this is all, you know, like to to have like that type of job that takes that type of training, and you know, and then. The bar, the industry just shuts down, and you gotta go work the produce, <laughs> produce <fucking> section <laughs> at Publix. Yeah, so it's you know, as you said, when I graduated, uh, you have to get a job at a, uh, a regional airline. It's a smaller. It's capped at seventy six seats. That's how you get your jet time. That's uh, because basically everything is based off of time and training. But they're gonna use you while they train you, basically. So uh, I got hired on by that. Then uh, it was all, I mean, it used to be such a competitive market. Like when we got it, when we were in school, our very first year, there were no airlines that were hiring. Oh, right we on. just, you're sitting in class like, this is a fucking mistake. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> how much in debt? There's a comma after the three digits. That's good. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I got, got into school, it was the good is going to come, but it's not there yet because we just got off of uh, the recession, the 08 housing crisis and the recession. So that's the third time that the airline industry really took the hit. First was 9-11, then 2008 hit. It took a big hit. 2012 came around when we got into school. Nobody was hiring still. Then the floodgates opened because the airline industry is very, very reactive. So floodgates open. All the instructors get hired on. They don't have any more instructors. They're looking internally because everybody loves, loves hiring their students. So at the time, I was sitting there just about to get my uh, flight instructor stuff all finished up. And it was a bold move, but I need it was just as quick as I could get done. I'd get hired on. So I pulled out rent in cash, and I took the rest of it, dumped it into my flight account. Got that flight instructor rating. They started paying for school. Got hired on by the regional. And then that's when like things started to shift. And life was going um, good. yeah, life's yeah. starting to go good. I got my hours. Uh, this airline, some reason, hired me. I have 500 less hours than the requirement and stuff, but yeah, they um, they looked at uh, they're trying to they were about to do like this huge growth, right? They wanted youth, it was almost like a rebuilding a football team, so they were looking at the youth. And uh, I came on there at uh, 24, turning 25. And they're like, yeah, heck yeah, we'll hire you. And I went from going down there thinking I would get interviewed to get in the pool and uh, to walking out with a job. And I was like, oh, crap, I just signed a lease up in Pittsburgh. So that day I got back in, got rid of all my furniture, packed up what I can fit in my car, drove it down here. I don't even think you said bye to me. And no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember coming back, and I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm moving back to Florida," and you were like, "Where?" I don't know. You're like, what do you mean? I don't know. I'm going to Vegas for three months for training. I'll figure it out, then. I, dude. I can. I never know where you live. Well, yeah. I never know where this guy lives. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I got out there. Uh, yeah, I'm moving to Iowa, man. Yeah. Yeah, I got, uh, I went into training for three months. No home, nothing. Just straight. It was great. I didn't have any rent. But kind of a little secret that not a lot of people know about with the airline industries. Back then, and it's still kind of like this, you take a big pay cut your first year because they got to pay you. Training, or I'm sorry, they got to train you. So the training costs like 20, 30 grand because you're in, you're three months, you're not doing anything for the airline. All you're doing is learning. You're in sims. Uh, I mean, it's literally, you are sucking money out of that airline. And uh, yeah, you take a pretty big pay cut. So that year was tight. And uh, what you do during is this those is times, relative, like tight, as in like, yeah, 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 it's tight. Like <laughs> now, if you were if to the to the public's produce worker, would this still be a lot of money? <laughs> Top dollar, man. You're you're good. Yeah. If I had, it was tight. If I was an adult, <laughs> I had no rent. Yeah. No fucking bills. If I was an adult during this time and I had like what every other guy had, a wife and kids, oh, I'd be str- I'd be uh, looking yeah. like, baby, you got it this month, right? Yeah. It pretty some tight. Fans going. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some feet pics are going out yeah. for sure. Or sell your underwear. Oh, I didn't say I didn't say, you can sell feet pics. I said you couldn't step on donuts and eat it off the ground. That's what I said. I'm not going to have old white men paying you to step on donuts and mush them into the carpet and then eat it on your hands and knees. Finger black. Yeah. I, if as long it, as it's a clean carpet. Okay, let's talk about this. What? <laughs> I thought what my. All right. I think this is a good you're, pause right here. This you're, is good. Oh, this is going on. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're dating. Let's say you're dating a girl. Girl wants to do some type of OnlyFans uh, media something, right? So they go, so we're well past selling fee pics. Now this girl that you're dating wants to actually do videos because she can make a lot of money. And you're like, okay. So you're open to it. You sit down. And she says, um, I want an old, uh, old, old gross men want me to go buy donuts for them, right? Particular donuts so they know you, that I bought it from them, Michael. And then they want me to set them on the ground, paint my toenails a specific color for them, mush them all over the floor in my feet between my toes, and then get on my hands and knees and eat them. Right? Sounds pretty fucking degrading. Yeah, it's pretty. I don't uh, know if I could watch the love of my life do that. Or, you know, or I'm going to bleep this part out, but or with your own fingers yeah again yeah. i don't think that's as degrading as eating fucking mush donuts off the floor i think if you want to that's on you that's, that's totally fine yeah right on. but do but i don't know I, I guess i don't make a lot of sense does that make sense to you like you know for me i guess i'm old school with it like <laughs> i just kind of don't want those you know like is there a me, third option <laughs> <laughs> like for me I'm definitely old school and I definitely have the double standards with it where it's like yeah I I want my wife to be a absolute slut like I want her to be like wow I don't want to know where you learned that from <laughs> How I did. however I don't want to know where you learned that from when we go out I'm like oh yeah it's my wife and she looks very uh, respectful and I don't have to worry like oh my god I know those toes 
I saw those smashing the real. Yeah. You think someone's gonna recognize the toe? Yeah, that guy who paid the money <laughs> did. You paint his first name on the toe. Yeah. Each letter is on the, the toe. That guy, I know that pinky toe. <laughs> yeah, he knows that. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, cause I mean, honestly, he's got some skin in the game. You are, you are kind of old school. After, I did definitely old school with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, behind closed doors, it's like so. Yeah, yeah you can. Behind closed doors with Michael, just not on camera for the world. Absolutely, right. yeah, that's fair. I yeah. get it. Or while, you're out. Or, or while you're out, he doesn't want you to do it at bars or restaurants. Or if the <laughs> if the NTSB ever opened an investigation, <laughs> then you hey, get babe, your can wish. You send me that video again. <laughs> yeah. I had to delete it. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, you know those guys are sitting there like on the computer screen, like. Yeah, he looks pretty normal. Oh, hang on, we got one, boys. Hang on, we got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's a weird Turn, dude. Turns out, <laughs> on the Netflix special, they'd be like, turns out Michael was getting butthole <laughs> finger <laughs> blasting videos from his girlfriend, who was most likely a terrorist working yeah. with Russia. <laughs> Look at those toes. With the <laughs> All she wanted to do was sell her feet pics. <laughs> was he focusing on the approach or the crust of the Krispy Kreme, <laughs> huh? Jerking his dick. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about before that? So, well, uh, oh, the furlough. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're tight. Tight that first I'm year. I'm glad. I told my son he could come sit in on this. Yeah. Every time he comes to walk in, I'm like, oh, not this. I want him to see, like, podcast. He wants to podcast when he's older. Yeah. Him, but. Uh, <laughs> Dad. Dad, what's finger what? blasting? <laughs> No, that or he just goes start talking with his friends. I'm gonna finger blast my bow, <laughs> not knowing what it is. <laughs> my mom said something about donuts. <laughs> my stepmom has to eat donuts off the floor from some old man. <laughs> I know my pop pop, and he doesn't want that. <laughs> okay, so oh. the furlough. Happens. Yeah, so it's tight that first year. You, you, I, I had a roommate that first year. I had it all planned out. That was honestly, it was so funny because it was a hell of a maturity kick for me because I thought I had it figured out. You know, I was like 24, 25, about to make six figures yeah. for the first time. Like you, you're finally making it up that ladder that Embry Riddle teaches you. I'm pumped, ecstatic. So. Now, to keep in mind, by the way, everybody listening to this that's like six figures, they're automatically hating on you. Lots of student debt. Oh, like a doctor's. God, yeah. a doctor's education worth in students yeah and then on top of that it's like you know the the what we talk about with the way of life later on is it's expensive and michael did not grow up uh wealthy he's from alabama uh, yeah single mom single mom uh yeah i mean it was uh his, not, dad, yeah. his dad walked out of him he <laughs> went to heaven she... <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you that's why People like like that was I could spot people that have had life trauma and, I, and within one sentence of them I'm like they're gonna be fucking amazing because they just like have to deal with shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Michael's like. That's it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely Plans right. Going down. <laughs> this is gonna suck on air disasters. <laughs> I didn't clean out my phone before this. But yeah, no, it was uh, the my my lucky thing that I had was when I was fourteen, uh, going into high school, I always wanted to fly. Um, from when my dad was alive, that was like one of the things I've 
always wanted to do has always been the passion. So my mom recognized that and got me for my birthday, a Groupon, which is terrifying to think about a Groupon for a discovery flight, meaning you just go up in a small little Cessna and go fly. And uh, yeah, Got That's a group the most on discounted that. pilots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, the Discovery flight is the one. That's where they hook you. Because if they get you and you're like, oh, man, you're great. Because no matter what, like, you could almost crash that plane. And they'd be like, this is the career for you. <laughs> because they got you on the hook for over $100,000, you know. So that little six-figure number when you first make it at, you know, 25, 26, you're so far because you have to live all that time and all that stuff is doing is just getting interest built up on it. Mm. So just like you said, it wasn't a a very good upbringing money wise, but we recognized this is what I want to do. So I started doing community college in high school that allowed me to get a full-time job. I was building control panels like, um, their industrial control panels. My my was like for a pump jack, like you see out on the oil wells and stuff like that. That was good enough money. That got me my boost to get me through the first first year, and then uh, the rest of it was just all loans. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, that first year at an airline, you're tight. And then I'm thinking I'm set. My second year, your pay doubles, and you're you're golden. At that point, well, my (laughs) year anniversary was my furlough date. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And I didn't know what a furlough is, too. It's just a giant layoff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's your entire industry. Pilots got laid off. You're still with the company by seniority, right? Yeah. By seniority. Like you're still there. However, you're not on the pay books anymore. Yeah. Um, so you're still employed, you're just not getting paid? Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. uh, you don't have benefits, you don't have anything, but you still are part of that company. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, <laughs> thanks, guys. But um, I knew I knew it was getting bad because when you think about that time, so what would it be about um, February? February of that year is when things kind of started getting on the news about COVID. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2020. Yeah. 2020, about March. February. Yeah, something like that. March, it starts ramping up. And now it's where it's ramping up where we're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be bad if uh, COVID actually becomes our next furlough kind of thing. Because furloughs are pretty inherent in the universe, in the industry. Because when you think about it, 9-11 happened, 2008 happened, and now we're over here. And they... the industry cycles every 10 years kind of thing. So I'd say coming up on summertime is when we're sitting there and we're like, man, this is really all over the news and it's getting more hysterical. No, absolutely no change at work. It's still wildfire there. I mean, it is people are flying. Oh yeah. People are flying. Then it hits the news. Every news, every local news, California's going crazy. New York's going crazy. We're still free down here in Florida. But we're starting to see at work, like, all right, this is getting kind of publicized now. Then is when it started tanking hard, quick. And uh, Delta, Delta, that's when I knew I was in trouble. 
was Delta Park 300 airplanes. And I remember I was sitting out, and it was my day off. I'm out on the beach. If Delta's laying off, I'm fucked. <laughs> I get this article. They parked 300 airplanes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking done. Like, there's no way. There's no way we're lasting through this. But at the time, the you know, the airline I'm working for was thrives during this time. And they're, we're good, guys. And I'm like, all right, we're good. Morale's we're high. Good. Meanwhile, every, everything, the flights are canceling. Everything's kind of, I'm like, all right, we're then my schedule starts disappearing. They start canceling all my flights. You get paid for those. So I'm like, all right, well, at least I'm still getting paid right now. And then about May, I would say about May, is when shit starts getting real. That's when they start issuing out. This is how many we're May of the do. next year? Uh, no, that, that same year. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, that May is, uh, they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to furlough this many people started off with 400 people. I'm like, Oh yeah, well this fucking sucks. There goes my, there goes my year two pay right there. Yeah. And then, I mean, at the time it was, the industry was running based on what goes on the news every day. You have a good day on the news where they're like, Hey, yeah, cause it's all based off the people wanting to fly. Right. Exactly. So if there's no, if people are freaked out, they're not flying. Yeah. Right. So it starts off where it's like, you know, you'll get a good day where, you know, the news comes out and they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're getting through it. And then something else pops up the next day and then more flights cancel out. And uh, about the time of the lockdowns down here, that's when, um, that's when it basically was just kind of the right was on the wall. I wasn't really working that much anymore. All my flights were getting canceled out. And it was, you know, you could read through the lines. You knew you were getting furloughed during that time. How long? Who knows? None of it really made any sense at the time, but they had those stimulus packages that were rolling out. If you remember those, our stimulus checks. I did. Uh, yeah, we. Oh, yeah, they weren't that much though. No, they weren't. But that that bill, those bills, also went for payroll support, so it kept the airlines afloat during that time. Well, our seemed like our company was probably waiting on that. Because they kept pushing our day around, but our union informed them if you if you say you're not going to furlough them until October third, you got to pay them until October third. They're like, yeah, they're like, no, fuck that. Three days of work? Are you kidding me? No, 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 furlough them now. So I got furloughed on October first, and it was literally the day I was supposed to double my pay, and I remember just sitting there. I was like, well. Look at me now, Mom. Are you proud? <laughs> when did you figure out you were going to have to? Because uh, I know uh, you probably were like, this will this will be quick trying to stay. Yeah. So but when did you get your first? I get uh, I get the original notice and we were furloughing two batches. One was going to be it was 275 in total. The first batch was going to be 100. The second batch was going to be the rest. I think the first batch was to trim the fat until they see if we can get the payroll support coming back through. And then the second batch was, if we don't, then we're, we're done kind of thing. So they ended up changing it to only 30 people in the second batch. And that was when I was like, damn, they could run this place fine because they just started hiring again. And I was part of that growth. 
I'm like, all they did was just trim off all the people who they just hired, basically. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, I'm, this is this might be a long haul. So that first month, I was doing everything freelance. Um, I was the pool guy. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah, you were doing like yard work for like building a gardens and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I was. Uh, so it was in Punta Gorda, Florida. A pretty. It was Michael and. Well, I guess we can't say the name. I was just. Well, I can bleep it out. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I started off. I was doing the landscaping. I was cleaning pools and um, handyman work because Punta Gorda, Florida, is pretty old over there. Yeah. So a lot of these senior citizens just can't do the simple things. And then another thing that's pretty prestigious over there. So if one gets their lawn done, the other one wants it done. Mm. So I was out there doing all that. But it started off as like helping friends and helping friends of friends. And then I realized this Michael guy can mow some fucking lawns. <laughs> and then all the landscaping companies, because it's a small town over there, started realizing like, who the fuck is this dude? I'm like, uh, uh, okay, I can't get I can't get sued or injured right now. Those are the two things yeah. that I could not afford. So I was like, well, this is gonna be long term. I need to I need to get a job. During that time, it's crazy because the job shortage that we see now started then. So they were looking for people. Well, they were, they, they didn't know they were looking for people. So they had none of their minimum wage guys. So like the store clerks, they had no store clerks or anything like that. And I went in, I mean, at like the racetrack gas station Circle K applying for shift manager positions because I thought I should be able to hold a shift manager <laughs> position for $15 an hour. Like I thought I had a good enough resume for that, but they just didn't need any of them. They're like, we need store clerks. Mm. Well, that was basically the start. That was of, a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting a turn down from Circle K was definitely humbling <laughs> right there. <laughs> Yeah, getting that thanks but no thanks. I was like, all right, I'll see you on the flight next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kendra's in the same boat. No one will hire her because she's got like seven, seven, seven and a half years of law enforcement experience. She left to go back to school if she wants a part-time job. Yeah. And everyone's yeah, like, no, we don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, that or like your seven and a half years law enforcement experience can't help you sell groceries and that's that's where i was running into it but they didn't have anybody back then like no one was showing up to work rather than them just hiring me on at 15 dollars an hour and just being like dude you're working store clerk stuff but we could list you as a shift manager that wasn't in the scheme of things you know i mean they could have hired me on 15 dollars an hour but worked me like two people yeah and it would have compensated what they were looking for but that was kind of the start of that that job shortage that we see now is they weren't hiring who they had because they didn't want to go into that position because it's true i mean why would you show up at that point when you could just be on unemployment during then so and of course they they probably know you're you're a flight risk in the sense yeah as soon as you get your opportunity you're out and you know what bringing up unemployment i couldn't do it it's not, I mean, honestly, it's not designed, it's not designed for us. What? Uh, unemployment. Oh. So I applied because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to get my money, yeah. you know? 
uh, the day that I applied, so I mean, Florida is such a heavily based between you know pilots and flight attendants and everything. Um, there was about ten thousand uh, crew Mike, members. what's up, man? Yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> you guys are all in the was, unemployment office together. It was all online. No offices were open because during <laughs> oh, COVID. Shit. I got on at eight a.m. I was in line. I mean, this is stuff like from a virtual like, line. Yeah. Okay. And it's got, I mean, from like the 90s, a virtual line of the stick man where you are in line to get into the website. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is, this is <laughs> I'm already about to get out of this. I get on, I'm about three pages in, server crashes because there's too many people on. The next day I get on, I'm about a week into it. I get denied unemployment. Because of the money like, you made. No, no, no. I get denied. I have no idea why. I go, I sit on the phone. On the unemployment uh, phone number there, when you have to speak to a manager, rather than them going, oh, Mr. Barry, we'll call you back, right? You wait on hold with them. And every five minutes while you're on hold, the lady comes in and goes, hi, Michael, are you still there? Yep. All right. (laughs) And goes and you just sit on hold for them to I am somebody. And uh, yeah, I, I spent, I mean, it was hours for them to pull it up and go, oh, when the when the server crashed, it messed up your application. We just need you to re- resubmit it. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. So yeah, I went, got that job at Publix to bridge the gap on my resume. Then I got hired on by Enterprise. And I got my job back, thank God, because I was wearing thin. <laughs> but I will say, during, during, during that time, man, that was because I mean, I I did a, I, I thought it was cool for a little bit because I was like, oh, a man. little break in life, yeah, no responsibilities. Like, I'm cleaning pools. This is, I'm I'm like a normal. At my wedding, were you a pool boy then? Oh, I was a pool boy. Remember the the hot <laughs> tub wasn't working. Yeah, fixed our hot tub. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I got this. I woke guys. up at like to get water at like seven a.m. and Michael's out there in a bandana on the phone and sunglasses and like short shorts. And he's like, "Fix the hot tub." I was like, "Thanks, dude." I went back to bed. <laughs> All right, so you get your job back. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I get the job back. Um, you have to go through training again and all that stuff, and then um. You, we had to do two flights with uh, our Czech airmen, so your FTOs. Yeah. And um, I chose because I didn't have anywhere to live. Mind you, I'm still homeless during all this time, couch surfing. Yeah. I'm recalled to Destin. Everybody's like, oh, man, that's Destin. It's awesome. It's insane. The cheapest place I could find was $4,500 a month. For rent? For rent. Holy shit. Yeah, $4,500 a month. I mean, I make six figures. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm like hose. I'm trying to like find a way to stall. So I choose to go out to LA because it's on the other side of the country. So mind you, we're still like Florida has ramped up. We're good. Everything's operating normal. LA is still Russia out there. Yeah. At this point. At this point still. So I'm <laughs> I'm on the plane going over to LA and I'm kind of out of touch with what's going on. Cause one, I was down here 
Two, I was working at fucking Enterprise. And uh, three, I just really didn't care during that time because, like, the news was totally depressing back then, especially for somebody who was a pilot renting cars during that. So I'm on this plane. I'm in street clothes and everything. And um, I'm I'm catching wind of these the flight attendants talking about a declaration form. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And I'm looking at my email, and I have an email from, like, the uh, L.A. County, and it's, like, talking about filling out this form before you go into L.A. I'm like, what is this? I mean, mind you, Florida's been up and running. Like, the world is back to normal. Mm -hmm. Well, L.A. was doing lockdowns still. And you had to quarantine for 14 days. But they were insanely strict about it. And I go... Anybody coming in? Anybody. If you're going to L.A. County, you had to. Um, Did they stop people at the airport? (laughs) So when you go into the airport, when I was still going through, it was like customs almost. I've never been to customs. They had basically a a blockade where the passengers getting off the plane get segued over into a separate area. And they have like... Local PD and, like, National Guard all out there. Oh, shit. And um, they all are just basically checking off that you filled out the declaration form. Well, I didn't fill out the declaration form because, like, I'm going there for work. Yeah. I wasn't even going to be there for the amount of time. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. getting handcuffed and slammed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's I'm funny. Sorry. Like, as a crew member, most of the time you I'm just... fucking say, pilot. Yeah. You ignore <laughs> a lot you work of at Enterprise. Yeah, barb that out. (laughs) We both are in our jobs on Monday. Like, hey man, you think Enterprise is still hiring? (laughs) But uh, yeah, most of the time, you know, you just uh, you just ignore a lot of the stuff because you're like, I don't really care. You know, that's for the passengers. Well, I'm hearing this, and the flight attendants are really adamant about it. So I get up and I go to the back. I'm like, hey, what are y'all talking about? He's like. they're kind of pissy with me about it. Like we've been talking about this for 15 minutes. Have you not been listening? And I just pulled out my badge. Like calm down there. You know, I was like, do I need to work for it out? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of Publix? (laughs) So I'm like, do I need to fill it out? They're like, I, do you have your uniform? Like I do. I'd put your uniform on because you're going to have trouble getting through. In street clothes. And this is you, and you guys went to the back? Uh, well, I was in the back talking with the flight attendants during and this time. you were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this uniform? And this one? <laughs> I got a... <laughs> we have a noise complaint. You put on your uniform. <laughs> so, dude, I blindly listened to these flight attendants go into my bag, get my uniform, put it on. I walk out of that the gate in L.A., And I'm like, what is going on, dude? They are literally, the cops are standing at the, yelling at people, get over there. Yeah, it's nuts. It's like a scene of like old war movie or something. Like Like we're all quarantined and everything. And uh, dude, I was so glad that I changed because I probably wouldn't have made it through, which in hindsight, I would have probably gotten 10 days quarantine paid for by the company. I should have not changed into my uniform. But they were, I mean, they they were doing, they would do um, checks at your house 
based off of the address that you give. Wait. Oh, so they let you go home. You just had to quarantine at you home. You have to quarantine oh, I at thought they the address. people in like barracks. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, like, oh, so no. you didn't have to quarantine if you didn't want to. I mean, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like I, they're going to kick in my door right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> Get them, boys. <laughs> I would say they are a lot more serious than, than you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they would do uh, house checks. The police would? They had a whole team for this out there during this time. Uh, what because happened the, if you weren't home? Fines. The, yeah. Six figures, right? <laughs> Patriot. Yeah. Well, for me being at, <laughs> well, for me? Me being at work, <laughs> who just got his job back, I was like, I'm just going to try to like not go down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for me being at the hotel and everything like that, I wasn't. In hindsight, I wasn't too worried about it because what are they going to do? I'm working. But still, at that whole shebang, I was like, I'm, I'm just wild. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Mm. I mean, it was more strict than customs just yeah. to go into L.A. When the entire damn country is operating just fine, except for New York, they're operating just fine. But L.A. County was still... Everything was closed down there still. Like, I had a week in L.A. to just drive around in a rental car going, wow, that place would be cool if it was open. But, yeah, L.A. was pretty wild still during that time. Um, But, yeah, we did the flights there and then went back to Destin, which was a total different world. We had a lot of our air travel back then that were just solely based on, uh, we heard that, you didn't have a mask mandate. People were literally just coming down to not wear the mask. So, pretty cool. Pretty interesting times, though. What, um, what's before we wrap it up, what's some underbelly shit about the airline industry that people don't know about that you don't have to name any names? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> not talking about Michael's actually pretty. Every time I've talked to him, he's like, pretty oh, mellow. I'm uh, chilling in my room. And he's like, everyone went out, and they're all hammer drunk. And I like, I'm like, don't you guys have like to work tomorrow? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pilots are people too. <laughs> it's a nos day. <laughs> it's a nos day. Yeah. The um. So I guess some wild overnight stories. Um. <laughs> What's an overnight? When you so just go. In, uh, an overnight. <laughs> So like an overnight is you get, when you do like, let's say a five day trip. So that means you start day one, go fly your routes and then overnight in a city. Mm-hmm. Overnights can range from 11 to 12 days actually. So uh, for me, I did it for a little bit and it was cool. It was fun. I got to travel, got to see everything, but I'd rather just be home because I could do my own shit at home. And then the other thing is, is you're at work still, you know, that's the big, that's why I'm so mellow. It's like, you're still at work. You allowed to drink? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When you're on an overnight, you can do whatever you want. Strip clubs included. They don't care. (laughs) You are an adult. (laughs) Be there, be sober, be responsible. That's what they care about when it comes time to work. Hmm. For us, like, yeah, I got a lot of skin in the game for the flight attendants. They might not if they're 21 and they were a bartender last week, you know? So there's like different, if I sense that this crew is wild, 
I usually don't go out because I don't want to risk my job on one crazy night in Omaha, you know. But uh, a lot of times, I mean, all the overnights that I've been on has been really, really chill, real awesome. It's kind of like a family experience, but you just drink like a barbecue. I think it's the best way to put it. But um, when you could just see it coming, when it's going to be a bad one. One of my buddies, the buddy that I was living with uh, when I got furloughed, uh, it was a blast. We were living over in New Smyrna, yeah, right by the beach. We were having a great summer. Did he ever give you your bed? Uh, no, it's still there. Gave him the bed, yeah. yeah. I got the PlayStation back, though. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I let him have the bed because it's got a lot of bodily fluids that I didn't want to transport with me. Whose so fluids? Bodily fluids? No, whose? <laughs> Come on, man! Turn the vein in his head. Just throw, <laughs> throw a dart on a wall, and uh, it lands on a name. Oh, like a community bed. Oh, it's a communal bed. Oh, like the like the uh, spare bedroom bed. That's exactly what it is yeah. now. Ironically, yep. Mm. So yeah, he kept the spare bedroom bed, but you know we're working at this place. We're you know doing. We had a big group coming over that night. We were working on call. When you're on call. You might get called. You might not get called. But if you do get called, it could be for who the hell knows what. You, you, know? you just got an X amount of time to be somewhere. Yeah, hour and a half, 90 minutes to get to the airport, and you could be going to Costa Rica that night. I mean, it's, Is that just like when somebody calls out? Yeah, somebody calls out, or if it is a, uh, a maintenance flight. So when we go get our like um, you know six-month checks, three-month checks on those airplanes, they'll use the reserve crews to take them places so like puerto rico aguadilla puerto rico was a big one and uh during covid that was wild because they had declarations going on too and um he gets called he's pretty upset because it is a uh, a charter flight meaning like the the it was a football charter the football team rents out this airplane is it a pro team or just a, a college okay um so he's pissed off because it's Fly the football team, I forgot where, stay the entire day, like it's over a 24-hour overnight, and then come back after they're done playing football that Saturday. So, How much does it cost to rent out a plane? You know, I don't know. I've, I've been curious. I've wanted to ask some of This the, isn't a private jet. It's still commercial, right? Commercial, yeah. Yeah. yeah they. Uh, so March Madness, that's how a lot of the basketball teams travel. Mm. And uh, I've been wanting to ask, but you're not technically not supposed to. But, <laughs> but yeah, we do that. We do a lot of uh, DOD charters too. That, those are wild because there's a lot of stipulation, like where they put the guns at and stuff like that. Um, I don't know a lot of that stuff, so I'm in the book. Oh, you see all these ARs coming through at the Fairbell. Looks good to me. And that's okay. Are we good? TSA guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah just not helping. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so he's pretty upset. He's getting called literally for no reason. He gets, um, out there, meets the crew. The crew's older and everything. And we're texting each other. He's still kind of upset. The crew, you mean like all the crew of the plane? The, yeah, the other pilot and the four flight attendants. Okay. Older and, uh, people? Older. Older, yeah. Probably mid 50s and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, so typically him and I talk about it. Like, this is a recipe for disaster. Give a crew a rental car and a full day of no work, but we're paying you, and you get per diem. That usually turns into a shit show. 
But all the crew, everything, everybody's already dividing up. Like two of them are already like, oh, I got family here. I'm just going hanging out with them. So the it was two of the older ladies, a uh, another flight attendant, and uh, him. And they were all gonna go get dinner. I'd say about like an hour into it, he texts me a picture of. Uh, one of their daughters. He's like, oh, she just... flight attendant's daughter? Yeah, she just hooked me up with her daughter because she was so old that the daughter was our age. <laughs> he's oh, like, so she was like, you need to meet my daughter. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a date with her daughter and he's chatting the daughter up and everything. Have they had this date yet? Uh, well, just texting the daughter? It, just texting. Okay. You know, this is all the same night. This is all at dinner. They all get some drinks in them. They go stop at the gas station. Then about like three hours later, you get a FaceTime. They're all on the bed together. All, th- all three. Yeah. The flight, the old lady flight attendant. The old lady flight attendants. And him. And him. Was that the mom of the daughter? Uh, yeah. In oh, the, so mom is swooped in. Mom and took swoops that in. Everybody's <laughs> in, right? And I'm like, whoa. The other flight attendant was a male. I don't know how to say this in public. I don't know what the socially acceptable way gay? to say it. Yeah, he's yeah, gay. Yeah, he's gay. Yeah. Okay, we're good. Right. Sleeping at the end of the bed like a lap dog, I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to put it in, in the realm of like he's involved, but he's not involved kind of thing. Well, he started telling me the story after he's had margaritas and got here. Eli's sitting at the dinner table and he's telling the story to me <laughs> while Eli's sitting seven feet away. And he's like, bro, he fucked both of them in the bed. This gay dude's fucking. And I'm like looking at Eli and Eli's like watching TV. So I'm like, oh, he can't hear. <laughs> He's thinking about Fortnite. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so. But, uh, but yeah, so you have him, the older flight attendant that hooked him up with his daughter, and then another one. And they are just hanging off of him. I'm like, dude. Yeah, like posts. Oh, in the hotel bed. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what's your age limit? Because uh, I think you're in the bag right now. Yeah. So they end up having exactly what you think went down. I about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, I'm getting like videos of it again, just the the pure fuckery in the room of everybody plopped out. They go to breakfast the next day, like nothing is said. They get to work the next day, absolutely nothing is said. I fly with that crew like a couple days later. I know, I've seen, I saw everything, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm just not going to bring it up that I know him. I went, oh, you're you're his roommate. Like, yeah. Oh, he's great. We love him. I'm like, wow. So it's bizarre how, like, I mean, you will go from having a borderline orgy to the next day showing up to work, and it's like nothing happened. Well, the airline industry is a lot like the cop industry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 